Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first full episode of our new podcast, I See Dead People, Processes, and Technology. I'm your host, Justin Williams, and I'm the founder of Beacon Growth Consulting and the teller of some really bad dad jokes. Thanks for tuning in, because boy, do we have a fascinating episode for you today. We're kicking off a five-part series, and it's a topic near and dear to my heart and at the foundation of this podcast. We're going to talk about how to diagnose and cure the five dysfunctions of a team. Inspired by one of my favorite authors, Pat Lencioni's classic book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, we're going to take a deep dive into each dysfunction and fully understand how you can cure each one. Together, we'll study the disease, how it manifests in the workplace, and learn actionable steps through a real-life example I've experienced. Before we break down the first dysfunction, let's lay out all five dysfunctions in the book. They are absence of trust, fear of conflict, lack of commitment, avoidance of accountability, and inattention to results. Okay, let's get to it. Okay, let's dive in. So the first dysfunction, absence of trust, is a big one. And because the five dysfunctions are progressive in nature, we are urged to seek out this one first. Try to cure your absence of trust problem. You can then move on to the other four dysfunctions. An absence of trust, it may not be the most deadly compared to the other four, but it is definitely the most common. In fact, in a recent poll, 56% of respondents believe their business leaders are purposefully trying to mislead them. So how do we spot absence of trust in a workplace? Here's what it'll look like. Your team will be concealing weaknesses, covering up mistakes, hesitating to ask for help, jumping to conclusions about the intentions of others, holding grudges, and dreading meetings. And if you're a leader and you see any of these signs, you've got an absence of trust problem. So a few years ago, I was working for a technology company that had a lot of positives going for it. It had been around for years and years, and their customers absolutely loved the work they did. However, the company's financial performance was trending downward, and a number of key executives had recently left. And as a member of the leadership team, I had a front row seat to the problem that was plaguing the company's growth potential. It was absence of trust. And it manifested itself in two significant ways. Number one, teammates were jumping to conclusions about the intentions of others. And number two, we all dreaded internal meetings. Thankfully, our CEO was a great leader and she noticed this absence of trust. In fact, We even got together as a leadership team. We read Pat Lencioni's book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. So she started to reverse the impact of this dysfunction first by changing a common process. She redefined our internal meetings structure by providing more clarity around the agenda, the cadence, and the purpose of each internal meeting. What she did is she gave us all clear rules of engagement around each meeting that we would attend. This subtle but attention-grabbing change of process did enough to initially lower the tension 
because the rules of engagement were clearly defined and everyone knew what to expect walking into every meeting. Over time, this filtered down across the entire organization and started to remove some of the dread that the entire workforce was feeling before they went into meetings. The next way we tried to cure our absence of trust problem, we took a close look at anywhere where the company had goals that were in conflict with each other. For example, my sales team had a big growth goal that year. We were supposed to grow the company and our sales number by 30%. However, the service team was experiencing burnout and turnover and their goal was to improve quality of life and to lower the number of hours that our service team members were working. So we had to find a compromise. We adjusted our goals and for the first time in company history, we brought in some 1099 contractors to provide much needed relief to the service team. And my sales team's goal had to come down a little bit to 20%. And finally, this was not something that we did overnight, but our CEO began modeling the most important cure of all, being nice. Now I know, I know, I know this sounds easy, and even a little cheesy, but I promise you it is neither. It's the most underrated success marker for a growing and thriving company, being nice. The reality is we all work with nice people, but oftentimes in a diseased work environment, our better angels never get a chance to shine. In a workplace where there's absence of trust, toxic behaviors are allowed to thrive. Behaviors like talking behind people's backs, second-guessing each other, stubbornness that blocks any good-hearted attempt at compromising. And so being nice became contagious from the top down because of our CEO's actions. And combined with more trust that was bubbling up through the ranks because of those two process changes, changing a goal and changing our meeting structure, our people stopped jumping to conclusions and fear and the dread surrounding internal meetings dissipated. So friends, I want to leave us all today with a truth challenge. And we find this from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. And it's a story most of us already know, the Good Samaritan. I urge you to find time to read this story today and think about how it relates to a workplace that may be suffering from the first dysfunction, absence of trust. As you read, ask yourself, which character in the story do I represent? Am I one of the first two passerbys that don't stop to help the injured traveler? Or am I the good Samaritan who sees the problem and chooses to be the solution by helping that injured traveler? Thank you for listening today, friends. See you all next week when we tackle the second dysfunction, fear of conflict. God bless you all. Thank you.